tell you what, guys, I'm getting pumped. I'm keeping my team in shape. But we'll get to that later. You're listening to Helmet to Helmet. I'm your host, Connor Jones. And uh, I'm uh, only one of the many loons from the Shit Show Fantasy Football League putting this beautiful podcast together for my league mates and all those who enjoy really, really mediocre entertainment out there. Uh, just to get this out of the way, you can always follow myself or the podcast. Uh, that's on Twitter. That's at Helmet number two helmet or me uh at rambler underscore jones and of course if you haven't already share this podcast with your friends and family and make it a part of a very wholesome new family holiday tradition there's nothing better than the warm dulcet tones of my nasally voice invading everyone's thoughts as they all desperately try to sip their very strong spiked eggnog and pretend that they aren't all in a fight with one another. Of course, you can also just support us by subscribing or uh, sending money so that we can upgrade equipment and interview actual uh, actual NFL players and uh, not just this guy Jim I know who uh, likes to play make-believe. Well, anyway, I guess uh, we can hop right into it. The Bipocalypse has passed. In case uh, you don't know what I'm talking about, the week nine bye week was for six different teams, and I'm a doof and didn't prepare them uh, ahead of time, but I can tell you that they were many, many teams, and there were six of them. And one of them was the Bengals. Ooh, ooh, I'm, I'm getting good here. Hold on. Uh, so, yeah, last week we had the Bengals, the Colts, the Jaguars, the Cardinals, the Eagles, and the New York Football Giants all on by. So you were probably missing your David Johnsons and your OBJs. You weren't missing Leonard Fournette any more than you normally were, but you probably were missing a couple other great players from the rest of those mediocre teams. I guess all in all, not a horrible bye week all things considered. However, we have part two coming. That's uh, week 11. We have six more teams on by, and I just can't wait to find out which one of them are, uh, which, which ones of them are on my opponent's rosters, and hopefully on all of your opponent's rosters, so we can all flourish in happy solitude. I guess to uh, to kick things off, we have a quick question. This one comes in from uh, the recently relocated Austin Machado. He's asking for himself whether uh, Fitz, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick can uh, keep the magic going for the rest of the year now that he's been renamed the starter. That's, uh, well, that's a silly question. The only thing that you need to know is... Are the Buccaneers bad? And since there's no other way to answer that question, then yes, he will also be bad. He's going to obviously throw for yardage. He's going to throw for touchdowns. But he's also going to throw for interceptions. Uh, It's a kind of volatility that you used to see in the Oakland Raiders, but you now, well, you don't. 
you really don't anymore. Now you just see shit from the Oakland Raiders. But uh, moving on, we have the news segment. This is what is news to me, in case you live under a rock. What, do you live under a rock? So, Lev Bell did a thing. I'm over it. Moving on. Geronimo Allison of the Green Bay Packers, wide receiver, probably two or three on that roster. He's, uh, well, he's headed to the IR. He's not going to be worthless on your bench any longer, unless you're going to hold on to him for no reason whatsoever. A.J. Green is expected to miss at least two games with a foot thing. Now, this could be a bigger deal than it sounds like. I mean, two games is still a big deal, but what you got to remember is he has always had toe and foot injuries he is super prone to turf toe so we'll see what the heck happens there Gronk and Sony Michelle were both kept out of Sunday night's game I'll get to why that sucked in a minute but uh looks like they're both coming back next week hopefully actually coming back and scoring points unlike whatever it was that they did the last time they both came back before promptly not playing the following week Chris Ivory for those of you who, uh, well, nobody in my league, but for those of you who truly had a desperate play last week, Chris Ivory left week nine with a shoulder injury. However, Cooper Cup, wide receiver for the Los Angeles Rams, actually came back this week and played an okay game, I guess. No pitch count for him, it seemed like. <coughs> Excuse me. And Dalvin Cook announced a triumphant return, as said by, I don't know, Ian Rappaport or someone like that, with a 70-yard touchdown run in his game. That was, uh, yeah, that wasn't bad. That was not a bad game. He is hopefully back, no re-aggravation so far. And there's a few other minor injuries and minor, you know, ooh, they'll be held out of the next several days of practice, but all in all, a fairly injury-free week, really good, probably because there were literally six less teams playing to get injured. Now, uh, I tried to uh, to sort of group source our players who sucked segment. I really wanted to know who affected you guys the most, but of course, just like the real NFL, only a few of you decided to show up. So, I only have answers from Christian, Austin, and Jace, and I just sort of made up the rest. Now, I'm looking only at truly bad players, so Nathan, no, Tom Brady doesn't qualify. He got you 15 points for a quarterback that's serviceable. Calm down. There were many quarterbacks who didn't quite do that well this week. So, uh, to kick it off... You suck! Mark Ingram! 2.1 points, friend. That's not enough. That's not enough for an offense to put up 45 points. Let's try that one next time. Kenyon Drake. Jace, I, uh, I do believe I gave you some shit for not playing Kenyon Drake last week. And, uh, well, you had an opportunity to play him over Tyler Boyd, who was on bye with his Bengals. And he only got you 5.5 points. So, uh... Let's call it a truce. Chris Carson got you four points. Which was great for me. He played against me, but... Sorry, Austin. Sony Michelle Goose Egg. Yeah, well, 
he didn't really he was injured so nathan that's bad on you uh if you had any inkling he was going to be out and i say this for all of our traveling friends uh john if you find this podcast in australia uh and my voice is coming through the airwaves upside down that goes to you as well john is uh traveling in australia for the week i believe it was 10 days so um if you're traveling let me know i can help swap bench players into your roster if someone is marked out at the last minute but i have to know in advance do not do not tell me uh after the fact because that's honestly pretty shady but also uh doesn't help you because i'll say no mike evans got you 2.1 points that that is what happens when you have ryan fitzpatrick he isn't really an evans guy but as you'll hear in a second he's apparently not an anybody guy i still don't know where all the points went for that game uh isaiah crowell only got you 6.5 points that's uh honestly the highest on my list in terms of points it's not what you want but it was also on your bench austin so stop bitching lamar miller who i played got me 5.8 i i guess you could say that his run of being a worthwhile start is probably over which is great that's that's great after all he was the last remaining piece of value that i got from any trade with somebody who i gave james connor to so well aside from julio jones of course but running back so i'm i'm not happy not happy it's not going well matt bereda he uh he gave you 5.2 however it looks like he's not going to have any of his snaps usurped because uh raheem mustard the must start the colonel himself he uh well he, he really badly broke his arm uh if you like gore and you're not frank gore of course not not the player but if you like gory things um again not the player watch the video of raheem mustard's arm breaking it's gag worthy i have major issues with uh stuff like that other people's injuries i can't handle when i you know stub my own toe and i'm in pain i can still look at it and like explore my own injury something about watching someone else i just can't do it adrian peterson it appears that he might finally be crumbling to dust or it was just a bad game but he only ended up with 4.8 points one can hope that he just disappears into nothing and chris thompson can come back to relevance whenever he's healthy deshaun jackson as i mentioned before used to be ryan fitzpatrick excuse me ryan fitzpatrick's guy and he gave you 4.8 points excuse me 4.2 points uh what then of course um there's kyle rudolph 3.8 points not a great week for normally startable tight ends uh unless you had george kittle or uh travis kelsey you you were probably uh, i guess jimmy graham did you a solid as well but otherwise you just weren't crazy satisfied trey burton also serviceable but 
the Jared Cooks of the world, Austin Hoopers, Kyle Rudolph, David Njoku, just meh. <laughs> Vance McDonald, for that matter. The, uh, of course, aforementioned Jared Cook only got you three points. Tariq Cohen, just when you thought that you could trust the Bears, Tariq Cohen came in and uh, pantsed you. A lot of the reason why John lost is he played Tariq Cohen over Jordan Howard. That's a uh, 15 point swing. Well, just about 15 point swing. LaShawn McCoy only got you 4.9, and uh, John Brown only got you 3. Now, those were, of course, only the starting players of my league. I know there are a lot of players in other leagues that you started that screwed you, and I'm very sorry for all of you. But I, I'm going to have to not worry about everyone else's problems because we have a match of the week. No way. I am not giving up. You have to. No, I don't. So, I actually have two matches of the week because there were two major clashes of the Titans in our week nine. They were, of course, the real life Rams versus the Saints. And in fantasy, specifically in the shit show, it was Connor versus Austin. The champions squared off. So now, the strategic implications of each of these two teams, uh, rather, two matchups, were uh, were huge for each of their respective leagues, as you all know. Because of that, everything was left on the field. Now, of course, in the NFL, the two winningest teams were playing each other in the 8-0 Rams and the 6-1 Saints. And that uh, that was a battle over... Who is going to perhaps get a, uh, a a more favorable matchup going into the playoffs? But in the shit show, Austin and I, being the respectable low ladder teams that we were, we were basically just fighting to survive. This was one of those where if we were fighting in the alley, we'd be biting each other. And desperately hoping that one or the other of us would just like, I don't know, get anemic and bleed out, Uh, which is basically what had to happen. So going into Sunday night, it was going to be my Gronk versus his Aaron Rodgers. And he was within, I think, about 15. No, had to be less than that at that point, almost 10 points. And if Aaron Rodgers crushed it, even if Grunk tried to hold the, you know, stem the tide, uh, I only had Zeke, and let's be honest, Zeke has not been solid lately. So uh, then the shit hit the fan, and Gronk was marked out for the five o'clock game time. Of course, by that time, all of the serviceable backup options at tight end were gone. You didn't have the Ben Watsons left. You didn't have the Jesse Jameses. I had one of the two backup tight ends for Dallas or Jonu Smith of the Titans. I panicked and I grabbed Jonu. So 
I'm sitting there watching and thinking, God, if Aaron Rodgers pops off for 30-plus fantasy points, I am going to be barely clawing my way back. Now, Johnny Smith had 2.9 points projected, but he goosed his previous matchup, and I think his last game he had one reception for like 12 yards. That's 1.7 points. So when I saw Aaron Rodgers only put up, I think it was 20 20 and change, uh, I was feeling all right. Excuse me, not not quite 20. He put up 19.2. And I was looking at a a 6.5 point deficit with Zeke and Jonu Smith to play. Now, mind you, Zeke the week before only gave me, I believe, five points. So there was nothing certain about what I was going to do. Jonu could have ghosted me, and uh, Lord knows that um, Zeke could have also given me basically nothing. So, yeah, Zeke was 5.2 the week before uh, his bye. I could have lost by a point, but lo and behold, Jonu Smith was one of, I think, maybe two passing touchdowns for the Titans. And he alone solidified my victory. Then uh, Zeke came along and sprinkled some pity points on top of the cupcake of mediocre shit that the two of our teams had uh, had baked together there. Of course, uh, the Rams lost to the Saints, so that was also pretty good. Not so good for everybody trying to squeak their way into the playoffs who wanted John's team to be weakened during the playoffs. Um, because if the Rams just crushed it for the rest of the season, it means they would bench Gurley and Cooper Cup, two players that John literally has to ride in order to win. So, uh, yeah. We'll uh, we'll just have to watch what happens in real football, but luckily we don't play Week 17, so the real bench game, none of us will be affected by. And uh, that's a very conscious decision made by the five of us who have played year over year. Uh, I believe that was made the year that Daniel came into the league, or perhaps the year the year following. Um, but now I have a, a special segment for a Mister. John Moosis. John, you tried. You you really tried. At least I think you tried. You, well, benefit of the doubt, you put what you thought was your best team against the worst team in our league, and... You got flummoxed, son. Uh, I bet you wish you had that matchup back, but... Actually, hang on a second. Oh, you planned this. Hang on. You were playing your own. Your, uh, quote-unquote friend, who we still don't know isn't actually you. Uh Uh-uh, no, 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 I'm looking at this again. Yeah, I'm sorry. You picked Tariq Cohen and Jared Cook over Jordan Howard and O.J. Howard? Mmm, yeah, no, 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 no. Uh Uh-uh, this was deliberate. You 
were trying to throw us off the trail. You didn't want us to know that you control your own team. You've duplicated your efforts. You thought at the beginning of the year that maybe you had twice the opportunity to win. Well, the joke is on you because actually that this team thrashed you. Like, what did you... Okay, alternate reality time. If you had the combined 35 points that came from your bad choices on tight end and running back, you would still... Let's see. You would still have a 10-point deficit. So maybe it's not worth speculating, but I'm watching you. I'm very much watching you. I think we all are aware of what you've done. I bet you looked at what's going to be in a coming up segment for me. You looked at these same numbers and you said, you know what, I can afford to throw the scent a little bit if I lose this next game. I can still make the playoffs. Ah, oh, you sneaky little rapscallion. Well, the, uh, the next segment, I guess, is, uh, well, it needs no introduction. I played Eye of the Tiger at the beginning of this uh, segment, or the beginning of this episode, rather, because I'm on the prowl. I have, as you will learn, a small chance of making the playoffs. And, you know, I just, I crunched a few numbers for everyone. So, without further ado, Playoff Watch. Playoffs, baby! Playoffs! Playoffs! So, using an independent analysis tool, I took a look at our very real odds of making the playoffs with our six-team playoff bracket starting week 14. Alright? And here's what it spat out at me. Nathan and his Kung Brown Chicken, along with John's Musamania and Christian's Lone Rogers, all have more than a 99% chance of making the playoffs. Now, this is taking into account coming up matchups. This is like saying, if you play the games that, you, that are coming up, according to how they're projected, an over 99% chance. Daniel's Make Demarius Great Again has a 98% chance. Jace's Christian Mingle, a 94% chance. And Marty's Won't Drop David, emoji face, an 83% chance. I, in 7th place, am looking at a 19% chance. Michael, you uh, you have a 6% chance. Austin and your own are both down to a 1% chance at this point in the season. So what does this really mean? I, I know percentages are cool and all, but I am more of a take fate into my own hands kind of a dude. 
So I crunched some numbers for you. Now looking at places two through eight, functionally the people who are most likely to be affected because Nathan is seven and two now, uh, very little chance that he's going to lose enough games to get booted out of the playoffs entirely. Now I'm not saying that uh, Christian or John at six and three are very likely to get booted either, but statistically, for example, I could win four more games and I could be seven and three. And no, that's not right at all. I'm not seven and three. I would be seven and six, and they could be seven and six with four losses, uh, or a win and four losses. They could be six and seven with four straight losses. I'm tripping over my words. Anyway, functionally, there is still a lot of movement that can happen from second to eighth place. So I did some scenarios. Now, keeping in mind that our tiebreaker is points scored. Uh, I believe it's PF in ESPN. That's points four. Christian has the points edge over John because they are tied right now, six and three. But for each of them to secure their playoff spot, they each need to only win one more game or if they are tied with four other teams, they need to just continue to keep their points edge. So the way their teams have been playing, that's likely. That's why they have such a high percentage of being in. Now, Jace has the points edge over Marty, and they also have the same current record. They are five and four. But each of them will need to win at least two of their next four and have myself and or Michael not win all of our next four for them to secure a place. Now, if Michael and I, who both are three and six now, if we win at least two of our next four and and only one uh, of the pair of Jace and Marty win more than one of their next four games. We would nudge one of them out based on points scored if our teams perform the way they've been performing. I am the only one likely to nudge either of them out in a tie but I would need to win three of my next four and for Marty to lose two of his next four for me to nudge him out in a tie. That actually is really chaotic now that I said it out loud. Um, let me go back. <laughs> I'm in seventh. And my, my most likely position, uh, or Michael as well, uh, who is, I believe, 70 points lower than me, but also with my same record, each of us would need to tie and exceed in points Marty. But we are neither of us likely to exceed in points Jace. So in order to edge Jace out, we have to win... Uh, three of our next four 
and Jace must lose three of his next four. So what I'm saying is there's a chance. And if I were Jace and Marty, I would not be feeling very comfortable right now. Now, John and Christian have great teams. They're both about to get ravaged by separate bye weeks. And there's a lot of head-to-head matchups. Um, great example is Jason and Marty play each other. And I don't want to scare you two, but whoever wins that game is statistically almost immune from all these options I've been making up. You know, oh, you could lose out or you could, you know because that extra win and pushing the other of you two further down, it could absolutely fundamentally change our entire standings. Now, it's, it's of course, four weeks out from the playoffs. This is a little preemptive. I'm not trying to make it sound like everything can possibly change every six seconds. I don't want you to go running around with this noise blaring through your ears, okay? But very realistically four weeks out we could have been all set all tied up the percentages are going to be deceptive for everyone because that is still trying to take into account perfectly healthy teams and you guys making the right decisions so that your matchups work out and of course it's football who knows what can happen who knows so these percentages don't really mean a whole lot. But the fact of the matter is, is I'm only two games, myself and Michael, I'm not trying to make this Connor-centric, I apologize. Myself and Michael are only two games outside of making it into the playoffs. And I know I at least have one head-to-head matchup with somebody that can directly affect my ability to get in i mean likewise i wouldn't be comfortable if i was john or christian because it's within the realm of possibility that things can fall apart john's losing aj green john could very well i I don't wish for injuries on any team but any team can get injuries on their with their players so very likely everything could be shooken up just after week 10 i mean you really cannot know so that's why this is getting fun. And that's why I am uh, I was out of breath at the beginning of the podcast. I'm training. I'm trying to walk my Gronk and get him to, I don't know, stop being injured. I'm trying to get him to stretch a little bit, maybe. It's called yoga, Gronk, for Christ's sake. But it's still anyone's game, unless your name is Nathan Yarin or... Uh, excuse me, your own, or Austin. In which case, your fate is pretty well sealed. Sorry, friends. Um, I guess if I'm going to say that the percentages don't matter, it's also worth noting Austin and your own could both win out. And if Jace and Marty, uh, either one, lost out, that's a potential immediate flip-flop right there. Um, wow. It's exciting, you guys. We're getting into the nitty-gritty. But with that, I uh, I don't actually have... 
I don't have anything else to add for our playoff section. So now, phoning it in. Phoning it in. Well, joining us this week is uh, is no one. Uh, no, no one's joining us this week. I sort of left that a little last minute, but also the only person I could really talk to this week is Nathan, and Nathan's on some shitty Chinese time zone, and that's his fault. I blame you, Nathan. Um, you sriracha-soaked paraquat. Um, but my lack of guest allows me to tell you that next week we come back and we have John in the flesh hopefully with better audio quality than what happened in uh christian's apartment i will have my handy little uh pop filter and we will pick an acoustically beneficial location to record but the week after i have a treat for all of you it is the aforementioned enigma wrapped inside of a riddle surrounded by mystery that is your own. So, who is the man behind the really crappy team's mask? Who is this very discount Belichick? In fact, I dare say bargain bin Belichick. We will find out. We will find out. As we will find out what the heck is going on with uh, all these different playoff scenarios who knows this is anyone's game and football is just one of those majestic disasters where you can never predict what's gonna happen until next week guys watch your backs because most of you are ahead of me